This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Own Mindset Podcast. This is uh, actually the second part of the last show, but well, it's something of a something for the weekend vibe. We'll carry on the uh, questions and answers of the Mad Few. If this is the first time you are listening, this uh, is not a regular show. It's just uh, an extra part to go with... Uh, 212. I'm David Michael, by the way, the editor of My Own Man Said, and your host, and joining me to carry on answering the Mad Fuse questions, Mr. Chris Bird, Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome. Hello again. Hello. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. It's getting it's getting uh, late as we record this, so we're it's getting we're, cold. You will get. We're getting cold, and you'll probably get more whispery tones as well. Late night ASMR. So if you're oh, if you're into head. that kind of whispery tones, then this is the show for you. Right, we'll start uh, with questions, kind of walk out of the World Cup into the Villaverse, uh, essentially. First question from Alan Hipkiss is, should the Premier League bring in the same amount of injury time as seen at the World Cup? Hopefully not, but... Um, Why do you say that? To- See, I, I'd like it, but I think it would be detrimental to Villa at the minute, because we've just learned how to time waste. Yeah, pretty much. I, th- I think I'd rather teams got their shit together in terms of learning how to just approach the game rather than... Yeah, but they're not. Come on. Matches Come going on, on for 10, not. 12 minutes every half. They're not, though, are they? You, you just if, if you're in the lead, what does a team do? And we've seen it at Villa Park in the last yeah. s- two seasons relentlessly. Well, we, did it, we did it at Brighton pretty badly. I, I literally yeah. walked out of that Watford game. I just had enough. There was another game that I, it was five minutes to go, and I just saw the other team just feigning injury time after time, and I thought, this is going nowhere. So the flip side of this is the idea that they could make games 60 minutes long and just have it on the clock. So the ball goes out of play, the clock stops. I like the way, I like the way um, rugby does it still. It seems such a more easy, elegant, simple way to follow the game. Don't do stoppage time, clock off. Yeah, that's, which is what this uh, proposal says. 60 minutes is the time, and then you, the clock just stops and starts as the ball is in play. Now, yeah. in relation, if you consider that Villa last season, on average, 
had the ball in play, I think it's 51 minutes. And, you know, I don't know what it is, 20, 30-odd seconds, whatever it was, but 51 minutes. That is astounding. As a season ticket holder, I, I'm just, I feel like I'm getting shafted. I was anyway with the price, but that, to find out that you're actually paying for literally one half and a bit of football is astounding, really. And and I'm surprised it's taken so long for this to actually come out with because the World Cup, uh, they're adding extra time on. I think it's a clumsy way of doing it because uh, what any serious injury, you're suddenly playing, an, you know, on the clock, it's an extra 15 minutes, isn't it? Or 10 minutes, or as, as yeah. we saw in the England game. Yeah. Just when you said um, how rugby did it, Chris, what about the finish? How would you how would you finish football? Would it be, would you have a ke- team keeping it alive until the ball went out of play? Until the, the, the clock Well, that's out? where it gets interesting, isn't it, it, it I suppose? I think I would have it that if you're the defending team for the sort of like for the clock to stop, I think you would have to get it into the opposition's half. That might be more. Or like it would be essentially the ball has to go dead, so you hit yeah. it off the field or however it is. Yeah, so you'd have you know you fighting for an equalizer. You're doing everything to keep the ball in play as as much as you can. The opposition team are trying to get it out of play. Well, that I mean, would that would continue the narrative of keeping the ball on the field and keeping the action going. I suppose. Yeah. Because in, in American football, it's like the opposite. When you're chasing the game, you're trying to stop the clock, aren't you? Mm-hmm. With timeouts, etc., or uh, yeah. you know, throwing it to a wide receiver who steps out of bounds. It made for some very intense finishes. But it, is it the game is being spoiled by this time wasting, uh, and it is a bit clumsy if you're adding ten minutes on the extra, uh, you know, on top of ninety minutes. But what I would say is uh, they've got to sort out the VAR times they can't have five four minutes but if that's coming off the actual gameplay as well i mean you've got to be strict on injuries you've got to stop the clock var you got that's to where stop they the should clock. stop the clock by the way so as standard regardless of injury time var kills the clock yeah yeah how many times if at the end of a match you like and so they, they add on literally add on four minutes and four four minutes was always seen as generous wasn't it yeah but now you've got five subs <laughs> You've got five subs, you've got VAR. So many things now are eating into the game, the time of the game, that something has to be done now. You can't just let it go and just keep adding more, let's say, bureaucracy. I think you can very easily stop stop the clock for a substitution. Yeah. That's a really easy one. And by the way, why not have the, the clock? Instead of just having the bloody time on the scoreboard, have the actual clock in seconds yeah. as well ticking away. That's what I was going to say. For that all to work, there would need to be a visible clock so yeah. the players knew how much time they had left to do something. But, but like the NBA, yeah, let's 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 give Premier League teams a shot clock as well. Let's get them to hurry up, <laughs> stop fucking around with the ball, and get it in the box. Oh, could you imagine Br- <laughs> Brighton would be fun, fucked. wouldn't it? You got thirty seconds to get a shot away. Yeah, Brighton would be relegated. <laughs> <laughs> Man City would be. They'd be dicking around. One more pass, please. One more pass. Burnley would win the league. <laughs> but yes, the thing about football is they always tried to keep that premise, didn't they? That it should be as close to like you know, a bunch of people with jumpers as goalposts in the park. It's so, isn't that? But it, it isn't now. There's so much money involved. There's like technology involved that you can't cling on to that. I mean, it's it's almost medieval. This the way you can. Uh, really abuse the time wasting and also as a punter you're paying money and less you're seeing less and less action because of the increased substitutions because of var so something has to be done and i i think the uh, the world cup is uh, i mean it's like it was for var it's almost like a testing ground isn't it mm-hmm. and for the referee spray for the 10 yards that, that yeah. came in first in the world cup so yeah so i think this is probably the direction we're moving in and uh of course, it's in principle a good idea, but of course it would be cocked up astoundingly, as far was. Right, uh, Jake Russell asks, with Big Daddy Don 
Branca playing a more defensive role for Belgium. Is that a role you could see him playing at Villa? No, not not unless not not unless needed. He's played that role for Belgium before we signed him. It's just part of his like, diversity, and obviously it mar- allowed Martinez to play that kind of three three centre back uh, setup. Now. Uh, I think yeah, he only plays it for Villa if that's something the manager sees as a as an option. I mean, we haven't been tested again. We haven't played. Emery's only played two games, so I don't know how flexible he is with his formation. Ultimately, three games. You include league cups, do you? Fucking, hell. I do. Well, we fucking need to with trophies, otherwise we wouldn't have anything. <laughs> He's only played. Emery's only played three games, including the cup game. <laughs> if you must. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Don't make that night out feel wasted. Yeah, good, good point. Including uh, the cup games, so we, 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 you know, we haven't seen the whole smorgasbord of uh, how he sets up in a in a Villa context, anyway. But uh, what we haven't seen is we haven't played the top four, and you're thinking would would because that's sometimes when managers switch to that back three because you know it's an easy back five, isn't it? We've mm-hmm. seen in, uh, Emery being pretty ruthless in terms of. Uh, playing a back six uh, or two banks of four or however you want to phrase it. So at least, it, you know, he has that option with Daddy Donk, doesn't he? Does he not? It's just another option to have. I'm all for flexibility. So if needed, I'm sure he can slot in. But there's also Kamara can play centre-back as well. So you've got a, quite a lot of flexibility defensively. How It's like, for example, if you're slipping into the against Brighton, we saw that kind of back six. But if you've got Dendonka or uh, Kamara playing, they can literally slip into a back three with 10 minutes to go. You know, you just, yeah. it's just a nod from Emery and that's what happens. Even if they're not positionally slipping into a back three, the fact that they're on the pitch for things like set pieces and things like that, if they have that centre-back sort of, you know, skill set, then they know what to do. They know what needs to be cleared. They're not going to try and play it out. Yeah. You know, with a couple of minutes to go when they're on, along their own six-yard box, hopefully we'll never see something like the Wolves game last season at Villa Park again. Yeah, so Jake, I think it's uh, it's it's kind of more fluid, isn't it? It's, it's like he doesn't mm-hmm. have to select him in that role. It's like uh, probably happens in game anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jake also asks, how long is Coutinho's contract? Does he survive? Um, uh, the length of it, uh, I think that says. Uh, not sure if his playing style fits what Emery wants. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's like three years. Two, isn't it two or three years? Two and a half, three. Yeah, they normally tend to give slightly longer contracts with guys like that just for the amortization of the contract, don't they? Because it looks better on the yeah. count sheet. I think it was three, yeah. But yeah, so, so I, didn't might have two I wouldn't left. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone in the summer. I think though it'll give him every opportunity to get fit and try and impress. But Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, he, he doesn't fit in my plans. I don't know about Emery's. No. <laughs> For my for my plans, he was just kind of a uh, a little bit of a you know kind of a diamond that comes off the bench. Yeah, so I think that's kind of how it's going to be. Really, he's not dynamic enough to play the way we've you way you've seen us play in the last sort of three matches. He would have he would have slowed he would have slowed us down. We spoke in the uh, members at last members extra show after hours that we actually thought it might the writing might be on the wall for him because you couldn't imagine him if he's not in Emery's plans. You can't really see him going to another Premier League team. Uh, you know, top half job, and you'd probably see him. He'd probably have to go abroad again. Mm-hmm. I see, think you in, see you in uh, Turkey. Yeah, I think it's actually a four-year deal. So, right, that's, he's going to be uh, could be here a while. But I don't know. I mean, there's there's things that I've seen Coutinho do that if if somebody can if if he could get a, a level of fitness and stay. I mean, you could almost see him like a false nine if he needed to defend the lead the way he played 
you know, mm-hmm. almost up front in the zone. Well, Watkins was doing the run, but he was like Coutinho was nearly the pivot point in that Man City game at the end of last yeah. season. Yes, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, you, when you see that against City, because I was like, yeah, forget him, get Buendia in. Then that Manchester City game popped up, and he goes, "Well, you, you need." It's like with Bailey, he needs consistency. There's two players that can do things that can damage any team they're playing against, and you don't get that level of player often. So to get all like. I mean, as we are now, getting all hoo-ha, saying, yeah, I don't, don't see him because he didn't run around enough. If we get a stronger, let's say, a stronger team and he can actually slip into it and he doesn't have to do all the you know the legwork and everything, then there's a role for him, obviously, because he gives you that uh, knife edge that uh, you know is v- very rare. Yeah. So uh, we shall see. But it's an interesting subplot for sure over the next, uh, well, over the second half of this season once he gets fit. Yeah. And we don't know what he's like, sort of like in and around the, the change room. He, he Apparently might be he's a, really good, quite yeah, quiet. He's, well, he's pre- reasonably popular because he's just a nice person. Yeah. If, he, if he is good to have around, you know, he, and he, I mean, he, he's, he's going to know himself that he's not going to get a big move somewhere else. So he might be willing to be, you know, part of the squad. And he still has the reputation that, you know, a, a young player in and around that squad will come in and he's going to be like, wow, that's Phil Coutinho. I'm training with Coutinho. And he's also got Louise, so he's at least got. Well, I don't know if that's a good thing, but you know, he's, at least he's got some Brazilian b- brotherhood. <laughs> there's the there's the South Carlos American as well. contingent. Yeah, Carlos. yeah. So there is uh, at least that uh, side of things. Matthew Nichols says, being on the shortlist for the twenty twenty eight Euros, do you think that will affect the stadium plans time frame given the current economy and potential higher costs? It won't affect it any more than it was going to already because we've kind of already announced that we we kind of knew the lie of the land really. Yeah. So it, it was it was all hinged on the Euro bid anyway. It just doesn't necessarily speed anything up, but it means that they'll have to make it a priority now. They have to push it through rather than not having to. It helps oil the gears, shall we yeah. say? But the time frame probably won't change that much. No, but uh, there is a there is a uh, in terms of the construction industry, and I've, I've spoken about this before. There is a concern because a lot of uh, Companies have stopped quoting on big projects just because you know you ahead of time you, you you're quoting on something where the the costs might actually rise and you and you'll be out of pocket. So uh, yeah. it is a bit of a uh, and the the, you know, the contingency you're going to have to factor into that is massive on a project of yeah, this size. It's a precarious project, so we shall see. But the whole Euros thing is just that is that they kind of they were banking on that and uh, they they will make the cut. And we uh, and we do need it, you know. We were, we were walking into the ground for that ladies' game. I don't generally spend any time at the north stand stand end of the ground, and of course you're in the car park, and you just you realise how fucking small it is. It needs doing. Yeah, uh, Leo Bryan Lob asks. I know we need players to upgrade the squad. Do we need to sign players in January or wait till the summer, as the World Cup will have January January prices through the roof? Well, I think we said in the last last show we just kind of needed one or two. So, uh... if they can get one in January, maybe. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't expect sort of massive surgery. No, not in January anyway. No chance. I think they need a bit of width. I think they need they need another wide player just in case injury happens to Bailey. Because you take Bailey out of that team, you've no width and you don't really have any pace. Yep, I think that's probably the. I think we'd spoken about that before. It will probably be a similar vein of player to a Watkins type or a Watkins slash Bailey type player who's a sort of hybrid forward slash wide player. But I don't. I don't expect us to go out and drop you know forty million on a midfielder or anything. No. So no, Lee. I don't. I don't and and if they can't get the right people, they won't go out and you know there's there's enough 
potentially there to this squad as supporters we haven't seen the potential of it we haven't seen it playing as it should be and consistently as well if emery can milk it then uh, and i'm talking about you know hands on the udders and you can get the you know the juices flowing then we'll see uh, what this team is really about because we haven't really seen it what what percentage do you think we've seen this squad that we've assembled play at this season 60 yeah and last season at times we've seen a couple of spurts when you've got when you've gone up and you know little peaks and troughs but sort of at the overall baseline level probably low but we've seen that when they go for the gears you're like wow you're going to take it to anyone and the clue is that word that emery kept repeating regularity yeah which translated is consistency and we've got unfortunately that's what let gerard down really it's let smith down it's let everybody down and, you know, that comes just for doing those, you know, the basics, the doing your running, being your better teammate, you know, getting your B, BDA, <laughs> BDSM, <laughs> your PPAs and your BDDs uh, up there. But uh, we shall And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The Armin says, Armin, who uh, now writes the Five Reasons to be Cheerful article on myomansaid.com. In Emery's first two league games, we've seen what Watkins can offer and we've seen what Ings can offer. Both played well. In Unai's ideal first team, who gets the nod and what? does it mean for the other i'd guess watkins pace and work rate is more important for emery's system mm-hmm. but we definitely lose ing's clinical finishing emery's taylor's yep. first 11s for opponents but i can see ing's being behind ollie agree yeah mm, i well sort of yes and yes and no really i i wonder can he turn watkins back into a wide player obviously it was buying one yeah when asking a question, don't ask a, a close question, which is agree question mark, because then we just say yes or no. Well, there we did. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> but you answered your you answered the question with the question, really. But yes, we agree. I don't. I don't. Oh, hang on. Wait. Whoa. Whoa. Well, back up a minute. What's Shaw saying? No, that's what I said. I think um, I think Ings is ahead of him. I think Ings is more the striker for the Emery system. But I think Watkins. He's going. I 
to convert him into a wide player. I've said that since he came in. He played better out in the, he, he plays right. better off there a striker. There you go. There's a twist. Both can flourish in the same first 11 in the world of Shaw. Yeah, but not in the same patch of grass, which is what they tried to do for so long. <laughs> You've confused me now. They were, see the, the heat map, they were standing on top of each other when we looked at <laughs> after one of the games. It's on his shoulders. Yeah, that is true. But was that when he was playing as a forward as opposed to, right, you're playing out wide, Watkins? Because a couple of times they played together and it was like, yeah, Watkins, you go out, drift out a bit wider, start from the wide. But but then we saw more recently that Watkins was playing actually as one of the, you know, the, the three three behind the lone striker. Yeah, I think I think Watkins is, is more effective, not straight down the middle in his own. Right, okay. Stefan says, have they started the friction-free kiosks installs yet? Any pictures of progress? No. As uh, stated, this was something that was starting when the World Cup was on, and uh, it will be alive and kicking. I think Villa Leicester, it's Villa Leicester, but I think, is that February Villa Leicester? Mm -hmm. Or March? Yep. But it's that game which is the game where you will see it first. Christopher Frieding from Norway, our buddy out there, says, can we have a match few session in town before the Wolves game? Who knows what time the Wolves game will be on? Have you booked your tickets for Who it? Who knows these days, to be honest? <laughs> yeah, have you booked your ticket for a game that might be changed? Have you booked your flight ticket? Yeah, alone your flight. Yeah. We, will, we will look at that one if we know you're sure. coming. If, if you're bringing a horde over, then uh, get in touch. A raiding party. Exactly. Do get in touch and uh, we will sort something out. Derek Curley says, do you think we will go big on a striker in January or the summer? I think uh, when you're talking about... We really answered that pretty much, didn't we? Yeah, when you're talking about strikers, you, that's like a serious piece of uh, kit. <laughs> so you'd rather get it in the summer, I think. Unless the opportunity arises in in this window, but I think it'd be an opportunist move. Yeah. And I think those two, they're good enough. I mean, you know, I did I did a deep dive when people were going, oh, we've got to get rid of Watkins, we've got to get rid of Watkins, we need a 20-goal striker, Premier League proven 20-goal striker. And I, I went through it all. And uh, the only 20-goal proven strikers were playing in top four teams and we actually had the best, in terms of goals, strikers that we actually had the best ones that were available in Ings and Watkins. Nobody had actually scored more goals that weren't playing for top four teams. And the top four, you know, we're only talking about literally like three or four players uh, in those top four teams that were, would bang in more than Watkins managed or uh, Ings in that uh, season in Southampton where he got 20-odd. So there's no problem. There's no there's no need to panic with those two. You've also got Archer that hopefully has shrugged off his niggle. So we're not that bad off in terms of the system we play. I think you would probably go for a winger before you went for a striker, wouldn't you? Yeah. Right. Uh, Gary Horgan says, Chelsea offer £50 million for Bailey in January, as has been reported in some sections of the media, accept or reject the bid. I think that's a load of bollocks in terms of nobody's offering £50 million for Bailey. Nah. I, don't yeah. even, I haven't even thought about it. I, haven't even, I don't even have a view. Yeah, because I don't read that those sections of the media. Because it's, it's just it's bullshit. He's had a couple of good five minutes here and there in games. Nobody's dropping fifty million, giving us a beautiful profit. And if he is consistently good, I mean, he's—I think he gives you that potential for next level. As I said, he's him and Coutinho. If they're at the top, can damage any team. But nobody's dropping fifty million for somebody who pops in and out of games. Apart from Manchester City, if you look at players like Phillips and Grealish, where they don't mind if they're injured. But uh, Bailey's not about injury; it's just about his influence on a game. And at this moment, 
50 million. Hypothetically, if somebody did offer us 50 million, would you accept or reject it? Depends how much you value it as a business decision. From a purely business position, you'd go, well, you're making a good profit on him, but then he fits into the way we're playing at the moment, I think. And he, and he is a player that can give you an edge against anybody. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd sell him at this point. Yeah, I mean, business, you never, I don't think you're ever going to get 50 million for him. So if somebody offered you it, you'd, from a business point of view, yeah, that's what you'd I mean. say yes. But I think from where we are now, where we want to go, and let's say uh, you want to stand by your players and be loyal. I mean, there's no such thing as loyalty in this game, but uh, yeah, I'd keep him at this moment. Matt King says, is there a potential rail strike on FA Cup third round weekend? Probably. <laughs> I think there is. Seems to be. I don't know about the Saturday, but I think there's definitely, it's around that time, yeah. Seems to be uh, peppering uh, the the Christmas holiday anyway, and and probably announce that, uh, I don't know if they'd focus in on it, it would just be uh, collateral damage, wouldn't it? It would just be coincidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would just be a nightmare getting up to Old Trafford for our inevitable trip up there. Mark Matthews says, who, if anyone, should we recall from loan? I'm not too bothered, to be honest. I'm not seeing anything of... you got that Finn Azaz kid who's doing all right. But There's nobody who's going to exert an influence. No, nah, no one's going to step into the first team, so no, no one. If anything, I'd get a couple more out on loan. Yeah. Right, uh, final question to end this Madview uh, Part 2 session, which is a, an add-on to uh, the Lash main show. George Dyer asks, two-part question. Number one, in what positions... Do we most need to add new players and players in January? Simply, uh, if I was getting anybody, it'd probably be a wide guy. Yeah, you've got to remember. Got to remember, Diego Carlos is coming back at centre back, so that kind of gives you uh, a lot of options there. Yep. If you consider Kamara Dendonka, you've really got serious options in that kind of the way you want to mould your defensive unit from midfield backwards. Yep. So probably just a wide man, really, somebody with pace. Yep. And then it's like an, if it's an opportunistic move to if you know if a real class class player came available, then you'd you'd always want to take a look at it. But the the only other thing, if I was being slightly sort of nitpicky and cynical, would be maybe an upgrade on Olsen after his old Trafford performance <laughs> in terms of backup. But um, I'm not going to be too harsh. Yeah, I wonder. I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah. I wonder <laughs> if Martinez got injured. Like out for the season, exactly. would would the club go? Mm, that might fuck up our uh, quiet ambitions of European football. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the the big the big thing for me in terms of upgrade is really getting the best out of getting the best out of what we've got and the system and the shape and there's enough there. Yeah, yeah. I think for if, me, if that's you... not to say it can't always be improved. Of course it can, but. We've said loads of times when you look at a lot of the midfield options, to upgrade on those guys now, you're stepping up a class in terms of the the pool that you're shopping in. And with that is, are you going to go toe-to-toe with you know Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, and now, and now Newcastle all coming to the table with mega bucks? I don't know. Yeah, and the only position where we haven't, we've actually uh, got rid of more players in that position is, is you know, is the wings. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, we got rid of three and didn't bring anyone in. Well, Bailey, mm-hmm. let's say in recent recent history. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, somebody, uh, some wide player, but it's it's kind of not essential. But then again, you know, if Bailey gets injured, what have you got? So yeah, wide player. And final point number two of uh, sorry, part two of George's question is end of season position predictions from the podcast team. I can't remember what my start of season one was. Was it like tenth, ninth? I think I went with ninth. So I'm going to stand by that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I might. I might go with. I might go one higher. Just I'm, I'm just thinking that that league shit. 
Yeah, that's exactly it. The other- we all, we've seen if we can have if we if we have our shit together as we look as we have against United and Brighton, you kind of think, well, we can compete with the top six teams, probably not consistently. But then I don't I don't look at anything beneath seventh and around there and kind of go, oh wow, there's a lot of competitive teams there, like there was last season. I'm thinking if if Emery's as good as uh, people hyped him up to be. And, you know, this is not his fault. I think he's been overhyped because we haven't seen the reality yet. We'll see what happens. I think everything gets overhyped. In adversity, et cetera, yeah. But I think, scrape away the hype, he's got, and based on the evidence of just two, three games, I think he's he, he surely got to get us in the top 10. That's without question. Then it's uh, a matter of what else other teams are doing. Hopefully we don't get any uh, injuries. And uh, I think he, realistically, I think par... What you'd consider like in you know the equivalent of a golf par from what you expect would probably be eighth or ninth. Anything above that is a, a bonus and very positive. I, th- I, th- I think I th- yeah, I think maybe from where he where we were, top ten would be par. Above that would be maybe slightly above. I think if you're into sort of eighth or seventh, I think you've had a very good season. And you know, just to put it into context, and a cup run, of course. Yeah, third round Manchester United or Liverpool. <laughs> but we are. Just to put it into context, uh, the last time I spoke to the Villa CEO, Perslow, he said he wanted to be in the mix come, Which we come the now. World Cup. And, and technically we are. Those last two games, I mean, we spoke about it on the uh, a previous what, show. Four points off sixth. <laughs> four points off sixth, three points off seventh, and one point off tenth. So mm. we're very much in the mix. Yeah, those those nine points since Gerrard's second have been there. They've just turned your season around. It's like a booster, you mean, you mean, yeah. Yeah, you only need to do that a couple more times and you're you're almost there. So we've got Spurs and Liverpool to come. I think if we get anything out of that, then good. And then we've got a nice little run. Mm. But, you know, we're not sitting down for Liverpool and Spurs. I think we need to get something from that just to keep the momentum. Because if you certainly get two losses, then it's all a bit of a, just, just a bad taste. And, and there's no reason why we can't, yeah. I would add. Well, just one draw out of those two games would, would car- carry on the momentum, I think, enough. But, uh, yeah, but let's, uh, I'll go uh, I'm gonna go eighth because I'm looking above and I'm seeing Crystal Palace, Brentford and Fulham just think, <laughs> and Brighton. Yeah. Over our shoulder, I am looking at Leicester thinking they're going to come. Yeah. I think West Ham will get better as well. Yeah, there's a bit of that. Yeah, we, you've got to factor in. But let's say eighth for me anyway. It's ninth from me. Phil? Yeah, I'll I'll go high for a change and go eighth as well. Right. Wow. On that note, we will be back next week when uh, we should be uh, a bit wiser on if uh, our three, well, our four representatives, including uh, Bednarak, have got through uh, into the knockout stages of the World Cup and how England have done and whatever country you're supporting. I know we have listeners around the world. USA can Team USA get through? Also, uh, can Australia resurrect themselves from the dead? We shall find out soon. And until then, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.